Hey Tom, I'm Red. This is LB. How you doing? LB and Red? Yeah, that's us. Cool. Got it. How are you feeling? I love the uh, attire that you've chosen for today. I also like that I'm following a furry. I think that's a, like my tombstone should just read like followed furry on a podcast and I'd be happy. Yeah, 100% did. Yeah, yeah last week we had a furry on. That was pretty crazy. He was a good, awesome dude, dude. Like fucking really nice guy. Yeah. Yeah, I saw, I've seen a couple. I had a browse at the YouTube quickly and I see a little bit of what you're trying to do and appreciate that kind of appreciating like the value that these different people and kind of groups that sometimes are maybe written off or under, not understood within society, like trying to actually broach some of those topics and conversations. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Just trying to make people more open-minded, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But um, the reason we're actually dressed like this is because, you know, the way I see it, like we're the new media, you know, you know how you and I came across each other on Twitter and you were like, you're like the Brisbane version of me and you're the Melbourne version of me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely think it's interesting when you come across really just like when you break it down, it's just like another human who thinks a similar way or is just trying to make something different and interesting. And I love it. I love actually connecting with people where I'm like, hell yeah, I'm keen to learn more about that because you know, to get to this point where you guys are sitting with these two mics and, and on this show, I'm sure there's been a hell of a journey and a hell of a <laughs> yeah. series of yeah. decisions and things like that. And so yeah. understanding the human side of that is always going to be, you know, the most interesting part. For sure. Yes. I guess we just like wanted to talk to people who didn't really care who, like, you know, Red found you pretty easily and then, you know, you're willing enough to like talk to us, which is pretty good. Yeah. That's really cool of you like to do that, by the way. Yeah. Red certainly had a lot of people like just not respond, which yeah. is, you know, honestly, I think expected. it's one of those things where it comes down to like, uh, you can kind of get into the sort of like cliche mindset stuff a little bit too quickly, but it's like, fundamentally, do you want to say yes or no in life to different things? And like mm. a lot of people put a lot of barriers in the way to saying yes to things. And, you know, for example, someone who saw that your last episode was with a furry, they might be like, oh God, what does that say about my image? Or what does that mean? You know, how is that going to affect me five years from now? When the answer is probably not at all, but yeah. yet it just acts as a kind of barrier or yeah. a... The answer is know, not at all. Like it won't or... affect them at all. Everyone thinks they're like, they're going to do a YouTube video or a podcast and then they get fired the next day. It's like, no one gives a <laughs> fuck. No one is like... Yeah. <laughs> It's fine. There's a little bit to that. And again, it comes down to how far and how you try to put the message out there. Right. Like I think that last week when I filmed that video that you guys stumbled upon in the park, there was a couple of people who were like, and again, because I am a tall white dude who dresses fairly well and, you know, has a pretty solid camera set up. A lot of people assumed that I was with the news or with some kind of, you know, thing. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa there's no risk of anyone seeing this. Like you don't have to worry that this is going to be broadcast to the, to the masses, but yet eventually you hope, you know, or my hope is that I can eventually consistently start to reach more people. Um, and then that's when you've got to like, technically I was thinking about it beforehand. There's a level at which I've got to start, you know, asking people to bloody sign waivers or whatever, it, you know, might be, in order to clear getting their footage to use on a video in case they met one of them finds it now and messages me and is like, Oh, can you take that, that down? Like, yeah. I don't want to be the asshole who's like, well, sorry, dude, you said yes. And now 
it's up. Like I'm not, I, and I went into it being like, look, I'm not going to try to ask you any gotcha questions or like my goal here isn't yeah. to make you yeah. look like an idiot. Yeah, it is like you guys it. are doing here. Try to have an interesting conversation that hasn't been had before. And it's like, well, what if, what if I asked you like, let's just see what happens. And again, like starting projects like these, there's such an absurd amount of creative freedom that comes with that. It can almost be a little bit difficult to understand where you want to focus it and what you want to do, but you're always ultimately just going to be winging it. And so I think as the more you get comfortable knowing that everyone is just winging it all the time, mm, yeah. the more you can kind of, you know, do shit and make shit happen. So like I hadn't, you know, I hadn't gone to a school to learn how to interview people or to learn how to do this and this and this. And I think that if you are someone who is waiting for permission or kind of waiting for someone to come and tell you to make cool shit, then you're never really gonna gonna make it because no one's ever gonna come and ask you to do something different or to do something that's outside the box. Yeah, I think like I think the reason we're dressed like this is because we're modern day journalists. Like journalism is all bullshit today. <laughs> Honestly, you know, if you go to journalism school, you're a joke. You want a job like fucking working for Rupert Murdoch or some bullshit like that? Like you're not a real journalist. Like get real. Like this it's is journal- this is journalism. This is like friendly Geordie's is, is probably yeah. the best journalist in the country right now. Yeah, I made a, a video, it was like 18 minutes long, breaking down his strategy and kind of the media response to one of his videos. And it's certainly true that for a kind of new generation of, um, you know, individual, the fact that he technically doesn't have to follow any journalistic standards, but yet still chooses to do so, is why I think he connects with so many people, because he knows that he could absolutely just be a troll if he wanted to be, yeah. but yet he knows and people who are watching know that it's actually far, it's like far more rewarding or it's like far more interesting to watch someone getting owned if they're actually being owned in a kind of ethical and legit way. Yeah. And that's where, that's where, you know, someone like him is, is going to have a really hard time, um, you know, growing his audience because the people who don't want that sort of, you know, Stop. uncertainty yeah. and freedom and things like that. And I, I used the example in the video of like, if you look at the Batuta advocate guys who um, have been super successful and, you know, satire is one of the ways that people can critique parts of society. Mm. Um, but, and, and you know, th- those guys released a book and they were standing next to Malcolm Turnbull and cracking a beer and everyone was like having a great time and getting along. But you know that as a satire organization, they're never actually going to make a point and stick to it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that kind of lit, like I, I have full respect for them. Anyone who can make a living in the Australian media business without going and just working for a Murdoch, like I absolutely respect that. But the fact that you know that they really aren't going to, they, and behind closed doors, they might have exact same views as, you know, friendly Geordies or whoever it might be. Yeah. But it's going to be difficult for them. You know, they wouldn't have got to the point where they were standing next to Malcolm Turnbull if they were genuinely saying dangerous things or things critical of, you know, the liberal government or the media or whatever it might be. And so yeah. the fact that, yeah, to, to bring it back to the first point, what journalism is today and what it is moving forward, it's kind of, who knows? It's kind of, it is what it is. You know, I think you guys have 
have the thing in your in one of your bios about like trying to find the truth or uncover the truth and it's like well what's the truth kind of you know yeah, how do you define that there's a lot of people being lied to right now through mainstream media i think particularly older generations and they don't realize it they don't realize the bullshit that like is filled in the news time like if do you have you ever watched like seven nine or ten sometimes and like sometimes they play clips from america of like highway accidents and stuff like that like completely irrelevant stupid shit that doesn't need to be shown in the news right and it's just to fucking scare people like it's dumb i reckon and like i yeah. think that a lot i think a lot of the news is propaganda dude i reckon a lot of it's just total horseshit you know they just fill an airtime with absolute horseshit and not actually talking about like the real issues like the stuff friendly geordies talks about like that's what they should talk about like but they're not they're not at all friendly geordies is doing it you know, he's the one like doing barrel arrow bras and all that jazz. Yeah, but you, you just have to look at like, my thing is that it always comes back to like incentives. And, and if you understand how a person is incented and what their incentives are. And, For the and media, it's like advertising money, you know, that's their incentive to get their viewership up. Well, yeah, well, that's definitely part of it. Like I, a couple of months ago, I read the, so basically the me big media companies do these things called upfronts. I'm not sure if you guys have heard of these. It's basically where like channel nine, for example, will talk about all of the shows they have and all of the things they have coming up over the next 12 months. And it's a meeting where they're basically trying to hype up their advertisers and say, look, this is all the awesome shit we're doing in the next 12 months. This is why you want to advertise with us because we are making all this cool shit. Our audiences are this big. And, you know, ultimately, this is why you should give us all of your money. We'll try to give you a return on investment on it. But when you watch that and you think about, you know, why does, why, why does certain media exist? Some people and, and a lot of people starting out and friendly Geordies, whoever it might be, usually it's to entertain people or to connect people or to create something and eventually you realize that there has to be something funding that there's some like mechanisms in the middle that have to enable that. When you look at the seven, nine, tens of the world, it's really hard to tell yourself or believe credibly that they exist to do anything other than sell advertising time. And partially that's what they have to do as a company of that certain size. And they also like have to then, you know, they realize that the news is going to be the most highly rated thing they can put on tv in that slot and therefore that will be the best thing to sell advertising so it's not even that i think they necessarily feel drawn to be news organizations again it's just if you have a commercial tv time slot putting the news in that is probably one of the most you know, besides maybe the bachelorette or whatever it might be it's putting the news in that slot is like the highest rated thing you can do. And yeah. therefore maybe they shouldn't the call it news. Advertising you can maybe sell. they shouldn't call it news. Maybe they should just call it like entertainment news. Like it's not actually like, like there should be like, there needs to be like a news channel for like the most important information, because I think that's being lost by a lot of people. Like there's a lot of really important things going on. But in the again, world. it's like, how do you fund that? Who pays yeah. for it? Well, I guess like maybe it's the advertisers who you need to like target then people who are advertising on those shows. But and that's that? what that's that's certainly there's there's certainly a few grassroots campaigns that have basically in Australia specifically gone after gone after people like companies that advertise on Sky News, which is probably the most like right wing. It's kind of where Murdoch doesn't even try to offer yeah. any like yeah like who's that Peter Peter Credlin that chick with the eyebrows Peter Credlin's on there. She's like Andrew Bolt has a show on there. Alan Did Jones. She, she is an absolute fucking um, cunt. That Peter Credlin like with her fucking eyebrows. Like I hate that bitch. 
did you see her questions like with Dan Andrews? I saw some of it. I think that when, again, you realize that she is there to perform a role. Yeah, but and it's bullshit. Whether, <laughs> absolutely. Like, again, I think. Yeah, but like, get mad, dude. Now, <laughs> get mad about <laughs> it. Like, get mad. Fire up, right? You're so oh, monotone about it. Like, I'm try- I mean, it comes down to like, what, what can you do to change that? And how are you got, like, where does actual I guess we're frustration right meet Talk, action? Which, and we're trying to do it right now. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's absolutely part of it. I think that for me, like I'm trying to create stuff that can exist as a different option. Like, you know, going out and talking to people on the street, trying to get, like I realized pretty early on with what I was making, as I am a stranger and an absolute nobody to 99.9% of the world, as most civilian people are, I was making a lot of stuff and I thought it was good stuff or I thought it was creative or interesting, but for the random person out on the street who doesn't have any idea who I am, there's just, there's so much in between me being able to connect with that person, just talking about shit that interests me or that I care about. And they already have so many existing, like, you know, friendly Geordies or like whoever else, they already have mental connections in their brain with people who make shit, whether it's comedians, whether it's, journalists whether it's entertainers and so i kind of realized okay i have to change the strategy here i have to go out and exist and do things in the real world and stop making this just me talking into a camera because like asking people to take the time out of their day to watch a video by a stranger is like very hard right now and i think it's interesting to consider the psychology behind the media that we consume and the entertainment that we consume and all this stuff. And like, if you think about like YouTube is a classic example and you think that there are people out there who could basically do PhDs in like YouTube algorithm strategy and optimization and all this stuff. And so you look at like the thumbnail, for example, on YouTube, you can ignore, like you could say, look, oh, it's a fucking thumbnail. What does it matter? Like I'm not, that's not going to be why a person is interested in what I have to say. But then you look at the steps or the building blocks as to like what convinces a person to click on that video that then maybe puts you in a position to connect with them. Like you can't ignore the YouTube thumbnail as annoying as it might be. And like as different as that skill is in terms of graphic design or building a thing like that or paying someone to do it, that skill is so different to thinking critically about media and politics and society and all those things. But if you're doing it on your own, you have to figure out how to do both. And that's been the really interesting thing for me in starting and doing this is like, I have to think about the psychology side of it and all of that stuff. Then I have to think about the creative side of it and okay, what am I actually going to make? And then I have to think about how am I going to distribute it and edit it and do all those things. And so it's kind of easy to just have conversations and not take them anywhere. But if you want to connect with people and reach new eyeballs consistently, there's so much in between shit that you have to do. And that's the kind of like challenge in it all is trying to balance out all those different things. Have you ever got any hostility from anyone? They're like, get out of my face. What are you doing? Like, uh, look, not really. The, the like going out and filming with people on the street thing is pretty new. And I think I'm trying to like make 
trying to make that probably like a monthly thing coming out of lockdown now that like I didn't want to be doing it during lockdown and, and give people like easy ammo to say, oh, why, why are you filming this? Like it's stage four, it's stage whatever, what are you doing? And like I was wearing a mask on the video when I was interviewing people yeah. because I think people should wear masks. Like I, I'm happy to follow the rules and do that kind of stuff. The hostility I got was just people saying, no, I'm not interested. And that was probably like 65 to 75% of people. And so you have to build, it's kind of like going door to door selling something or like, yeah. you know, working in a call center where most people are going to tell you no. And if you psych yourself out and you let the no's stop you from asking people that like, you're never going to get anything done. And so yeah. as hard as it is, when you walk up to someone and you're like, Hey, um, you know, we're making this video asking people about lockdown and what their experience is like. Most of them are like, mm, yeah, nah, sorry, dude. And it's like, cool. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. And then occasionally, like in that case, you get a yes. And it's like, oh, cool. Well, let's see what this person's about. And you realize that like the people you want to connect with in life in general and coming back to like recording this and saying yes to this, you want to try to find the people who are like, oh, yeah, cool. What's this about? Like, let's see you know, what, what, what does this make me feel? How do I think yeah. about this? Yeah. And yeah. so many people just don't or aren't in a position to, um, you know, accept new things or change or anything like that. Yeah. And so feeling like judged by like your peers, you know, like yeah, no, one totally. likes, no one likes that. Like, that's a big one. People thinking of you. Totally. Like, Why is he doing this? That's yeah. And I'm interested to learn like you guys doing this and, and, and having done a few now, would you say that the people you are reaching are still in your like first degree network of people you knew before you started this project or are you starting to reach people outside of that? I think, I don't know. I think on YouTube, we reach pretty wide variety of people, but like on um, Spotify and stuff like that, I think mostly it's close friends. Yeah. Maybe occasionally there's like some different people like the furry one. A lot of furries watch that, you know? I think we're pretty popular with the furry community. Shout out if any, if any furries watching. Nothing but love. And Shout respect. out. Yeah. Absolutely. But like, again, that's the whole thing. Like what, when it comes to making something and, and creating, creating content, as you know, we're all meant to say, when you, the relationship you have with friends and the people around you, and there's a certain like psychology to that where you are effectively peers and you have a pretty complete image of this person in your mind. And so your friends watching you do this, they might be like, oh, that's cool. But they're never really maybe going to see it as anything more special than that or anything more important than that. Whereas when you connect with a new person who doesn't know that, you know, when you were 18, you did something fucking stupid or embarrassing or whatever, they're not, they're, they're never going to carry that like mental baggage into how they like, think good things to think about you. You're yeah, a stranger. And they meet You're a stranger. Yeah. And so like, that's the, the beauty of like make, making genuine new friends later in life is that you get to be the best version of yourself. Hopefully. Are we, are we and new friends now? I would hope so. I mean, I, I like I'm friends. thinking in, in the back of my mind, I'm kind of like, what is the, like how, what is the most like cancelable thing or like hateful thing you guys have maybe said? And then maybe I can kind of like do some like proactive PR work on my own if I need to. Um, <laughs> but no, in general, things. like I, I think yeah. that, uh, again, if you're, if you're afraid of wading into any of those waters, then you should just completely like 
you know yeah no we're not afraid Steer at all. clear but we, we go deep we say everything like we really don't care but do you guys have like do you is there like a layer between this and your real lives and real jobs and real identities would you say or are they getting closer as you kind of get into it i don't think this is a character i reckon it's like pretty close yeah. to who we are like we're being ourselves like i think that's the main thing authenticity like just being yourself yeah normal totally someone fake yeah which yeah sometimes it's like you know awkward but other times probably works better you know yeah i don't know what do you, do you think about that's a very very interesting question yeah I'm just trying to like yeah are we different yeah. yeah i don't know i don't think so i think we're exactly the same I hope so. And I think that's that's the goal, I think, is to get to like living as much of your life in that one identity. And like I found when I was working in the corporate world, for a while, I was just living two like vastly different lives. And after a while, that is just so draining and kind of so fatiguing to your like soul that eventually like you have to kind of pick and choose what are you going to do? Like, how do you want to genuinely spend your day and spend your time thinking? And for me, I made the decision to like start this with my real name and kind of attach my, you know, personal identity to it. And if you Google it, my real name will come up and I have to own the consequences of what I, whatever comes with that. Yeah. But I'm okay with that because I've, you know, figured out yeah. that I'm on this journey you know, I, I can't afford to completely kamikaze my higher ability or employability yeah. in general, but like not many people really can. And I think yeah. that yeah. even in trying to say like edgy shit just for the purpose of being edgy, I'm kind of beyond <laughs> being interested in that. Like if it's just genuinely shocking for the point of being shocking, I'm like, well, you know, cool, I guess. But yeah, I'd much rather have an interesting conversation about some sort of uncomfortable truth or uncomfortable thing that we just kind of choose to ignore for the most part. But again, how can we make that uncomfortable conversation or truth? How can we make that kind of accessible for more people? That's where it becomes the challenge is for someone who sits in an office or sits in whatever and doesn't really think that much about their values or about, you know, the trajectory they're on in life they're not looking for that much kind of that many ideas or anything that's going to shake that up because it's a little bit that kind of ignorance is bliss idea. Once you start to question, as you guys are doing some of the stuff around the role of the media and the relationship between politics and money and power and all these things, it's difficult to put some of those thoughts back in the bottle. And so once you've had some of those insights or once you've had some of those like light bulb moments, you're kind of like, oh shit, well now I've just got to figure out life knowing all this stuff. Whereas 12 months ago, I was just cruising along, you know, thinking I was happy, you know, thinking the world all worked beautifully. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, well, it's a dumpster fire and, you know, we need a revolution or whatever it might be. And it's kind of like, well, how do you, how do you navigate that as a human? And how do you kind of still go about functioning in society while being critical of parts of it it's a super fascinating thing yeah it's pretty tricky like yeah. like i think we're cheap internet shock jocks and um <laughs> i'm quite proud of that to be honest because i think that's how you do it you just you know you shock people into like what's going on in the world you just say whatever you want you know and like we're, we're telling the truth like we're not lying like 
when you talk about the media and like like the things that are going on like like i don't know if the world's a dumpster fire and it's like start a revolution but um something no. like something has to be done like that's not like the solution but like just something has to be done like maybe more people being aware of like the media's manipulation and yeah like how they are involved in politics obviously and once people become aware of that the majority of us then i guess we can vote accordingly or like demand the leaders who actually represent what we actually want in this like country mm. you know but- yeah totally and i think that it's it's interesting for me i feel like over the last probably 6 months i've become so much more engaged and aware of politics and kind of my own political beliefs and and i think that a lot of people who are critical of parts of society or who recognize some of the challenges or some of the flaws are often like oh fuck politics nah can't be like boof i don't yeah, want yeah. to even touch yeah, that like and then you realize that like politics like... is one of the main levers and one of the main things that and so ignoring that it is it's the biggest you know, it's the biggest yeah. ignoring yeah. that completely they have most of the levers you can't blame anything or anyone or whatever when if you're ignoring one of the biggest parts on how things change and how things are shaped in society because ugh, it's all oh, they're all corrupt or they're I all can't whatever. do anything I'm one person I can't do anything yeah. you know yeah. that's, that's yeah. there are a lot of people out there who know more about rugby league players than they do about like politics yeah, if you ask about like the yeah ask about their friend, you could name every single player in the league but they couldn't name like their local member yeah exactly you know, they, these people yeah. take like literally they take half your pay like half your they tax you yeah, take GST. Then they spend your money like, on stupid I know, shit. I don't care. Like, that doesn't bother me. Well, it does. Like, you're the one complaining about being fucking broke. They buy a bunch of submarines or something dumb like that. Or they spend $250 yeah. billion on the military. Or they yeah. do NBN and they cock that up. Like, yeah. Like, legit. You know, care about yeah. your, poli- your politics. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and then you realize that, like, the, the people who do care about politics are the ones who are, who either have the money to, like, influence the right outcomes and things like that and truly like the thing that kind of is the scary thing that again some of the media and pol- like because we do technically still live in a democracy the power is in the people and the power is in the numbers and once you can start to rally people around some of these ideas that's when things start to get interesting yeah. and then you realize that certain parts of the media as you said kind of exists to just shut that down before it can ever happen because the whole system is kind of built on churning along as it does and if we were to tip things on its head completely that's too much kind of you know shock and too much change and therefore yes things aren't great but we'll just kind of like go on as it is yeah, I heard and a really that, good. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I no, go really, for it. I heard a really good analogy that like society is like a giant battleship turning in the sea, you know, and it's very slowly, slowly turning, and that's what it is. Just one by one, coming to realize these things, and then telling you know your parents, your grandparents, your friends, your yeah. family, in a very like kind and genuine way, just explain what's going on because it's not too hard to understand that the media is like kind of horseshit, you know. I don't think, and then you just link in the politics, and then why politicians do what they do to like favor wealthy people, give them lower taxes and shit like that. Like I don't know. Yeah. I guess that's, that's the only way to make it happen. You know, it can't be an overnight revolution thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, fundamentally though, it's not possible to change the, like until more people are willing to give up certain things that, that, again, this is the, it's interesting to, to obviously 
talk about this stuff while so much is happening in the US and while that's still ongoing, realistically, until people are more people are comfortable to give up things in their own life for the greater good and to vote for policies that benefits the greatest number of people possible rather yeah. than themselves. Yeah. It's very difficult to ever imagine things changing on a large scale because once people reach, you know, 30 or whatever, pick an age, whatever it might be, or a stage in life, yeah. they realize, oh shit, life's actually really short. I kind of just want to make sure that me and my family are all good. And I want to, you know, feel like I'm a good person and, and do some good work in I can if I can in the community. Yeah. But if you live in a nice, beautiful community and you are part of the like, you know, garden society or something, you're going to feel like you're a wonderful person. And I'm not saying that you're a bad person, but things are never going to get better broadly if, and again, you know, you look at someone who works at a bank, for example, if you give someone an incentive to achieve X billion dollars of profit in a year and you say, I'll pay you $5 million if you can achieve this result, they're not going to feel like they are a bad person for doing that. And they're going to think, well, with this money I earn, I can afford to put my kids through nice schools and I can afford to go on holiday twice a year and I can afford to do this and do that. And that person going and shouting in that person's face and saying, you're a like, like you never, help. there's just, it doesn't help because yeah. you have, and again, this is what it's a lot about of how you communicate. You've got to realize. be an effective it's communicator. A, exactly. Yeah. You've got to, you've got to break down the barriers in between that and look at, well, okay, what are the systems in play here and how are the systems designed to make it really difficult for some people to, to achieve connect. in life oh, okay. and to connect in life. And like, again, education is a massive thing. Like you look at some of the uni changes that have just been pushed through in the last couple of months. It's not hard to understand if you look at just how transparent the relationship between media and politics and power and wealth and all these things. Yeah, it's kind of not hard to see why they are removing <laughs> humanities courses and why they are making them more expensive because those are kind of the courses that teach people to think critically about this stuff. And they would much rather people go and learn, you know, engineering degrees or whatever it might be so that they can build stuff and not necessarily have too much time to think about the systems and the structures and things like that. Yeah. And so the people, you know, the, the 17 or 18 year old who was thinking about doing a humanities degree or a social sciences degree, who now has to pay three times the amount to do so in some cases, that's just fucked up. Like that is truly just shocking that we have basically said to that person, no, we don't think that that's a valuable job skill. We don't think that leads to a good career in whatever future world we're trying to build. Yeah. And that person at 17 doesn't have any power, doesn't have any influence to say, Hey, wait, what the fuck? No, like what? And so, again, the strength is in the numbers and getting these ideas to out to as many people as you can in an, in a way that is effective and doesn't, you know, punch them in the face before delivering a, you know, succinct message. That's where the gold is. And I think that the more you can find people trying to exist in that space and do that kind of stuff, and the more you can do to help them be successful that's kind of the goal I think is like, that's when things start to grow. And yeah. 
I think like every generation thinks that they're going to be the one to like make that change. Um, are we the generation that makes that change in your opinion? I mean, it's just, it's, it's one of those things where if you zoom out a hundred years, it's undeniable that we've made so much progress on so many things and that we've made huge steps when it comes to, you know, gender equality and in some cases, racial equality and things like that. And you look at have like we the made political progress? change, like yes. the elite, the, the elite level change, like that's what I'm talking about because that's always been there. You know, that's been a consistent, you know, and we have progressed in a lot of areas, but I think this is an area that we need to progress in. I think that realistically, the ways, the way that we've built this machine, It'll never we're change. basically asking, we're asking the people in power to give up who power. would stand to lose the most to give up that power, like to, or to change things. And yeah. again, it comes back to incentives, asking someone who, and, and well, it's politics, really, if, it's getting a, the right candidate in to change it. Like that's basically yeah, what you gotta do. And it's Even, getting the right person to, to want to go and do that. And, you know, I think about the people involved in student politics when I was in uni, most of them are like the last person I would want near any sort of power or any sort of, yeah, you know, control. But then if you are someone who just wants to create a positive and, and valuable life for you and your family and your friends and your immediate network, why the hell would you go and sign up to be a politician and cop all of the shit that they have to and deliver all like, again, slightly that two party system floor where you can go yeah. and run as an independent in Australia and probably get 20 votes. And that's amazing, but you're never actually going to get into like, unless, you know, obviously crazy things happen, but there's always a degree of compromise in a two party system. And so if you have a belief or a value that your party doesn't happen to agree with or doesn't happen to care about, you just shit out of luck, really, because you know that that party is closer aligned to your values than the other one. Yeah. And those are the two only options. And it's so such a slight margin of it's difference. It's interesting, too. like you see, yeah, yeah. And you realize that, like, fundamentally, whether you pick Australia or America or any major Western country, the two parties, are left and two major left and right parties are usually in alignment on about 80% of things. Yeah. And then there's always the fringe things which become emotional. You know, in the US, it's abortion rights or it's guns or mm. it's things like that that are highly charged and really become single issue voters, you know, those people. Yeah, well, and the two, the someone, left and the right in America used to be so close. And now that the divide's like never been bigger. Like, do you think they're trying to do that in Australia also? Well, I reckon it. Or do you reckon, it, like, do you reckon it's increased also? Or do you think it's increasing now? I think that you could probably make the argument that the two major parties in Australia are pretty close. Like, in the last couple of weeks, there's been some things with the Labour Party where they've probably been a bit softer on certain things around climate than they could have been. Like I'm not across all of the details. Yeah. Um, like we've got the Adani coal get, mine going in. Yeah. Like even that, it's kind of like, Oh, sorry. The Bravis coal mine. They changed their name, didn't they? Bravis. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, how about the Cowboys? That's it. Like shout out North Queensland been... Cowboys. Shout out Cole. Fuck yeah. Up yeah. Queensland. <laughs> <laughs> but again, cl like classic example, right? Where the way to win people over is to sponsor their sports team and they'll like you. Yeah. And like, 
I found it so funny that the, I'm not a huge rugby fan, but the Canberra NRL team was sponsored by Huawei. Yeah. And Can, like, Huawei obviously wants to have a relationship with the government and wants to have access and all those things like Australian tech companies do. But the one of the ways they went about doing it was basically giving a shitload of money to the Canberra rugby team and therefore getting a bunch of VIP boxes and whatever else. And like, I'm sure those would have yeah. been full of powerful people every week. Yeah. And again, that's, that's point. is that the role sport plays in society? Kind yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. actually think Huawei and Canberra, uh, they're not sponsoring anymore. They have. Yeah, they have. They have. They've, uh, I think they saw that they're calling it quits at the end of this year or next yeah, year or something. Yeah, that's interesting too. Wonder why. Inside scoop. Have you have you ever thought about getting into politics yourself? Again, I think that the once you do sign up, I think you, uh, it kind of to me comes back to that question of like, what is a journalist? Is like, what is a politician? Yeah, and it's very easy to think that you know once you sign up to be a politician, again, depending on what party you affiliate yourself with you know that there's a script of some kind and you know that there are certain positions that your party holds Yeah. that if you want to be, if you want to rise to a prominent position in that party, you have to hold those positions or at least keep your mouth closed, or like not speak out against them. And so for me personally, I think that I would rather try to achieve some of the same ish goals from the media side of the fence rather than the politics side of the fence. However, I think deep down, I probably know that I'm just saying that because again, once you're a politician, you are actually tasked with solving some of these problems. Whereas the media side of it is a little bit more it's way easier. calling out the problems and sometimes suggesting solutions, but never actually implementing them, which is, yeah, the tricky part is you have to have people who want to implement the change as much yeah. as they want to, you know. And it has to be the right change too. That's the hard bit. And if you fuck it up, everyone hates you. Totally. Like you look at the like Victorian government here in Melbourne. Dan Andrews before the lockdown was pretty popular across the board. And even after the lockdown, he's still pretty popular. But the the you know, Murdoch press and basically had two to three months of just free reign to just go as hard as they could against him. And it's interesting that most people still were like, nah, we don't like, we can just tell what you're doing. Like it's, it's a health issue. We need to follow the health advice. And so the, the position we're in in Victoria now where we've had like six or seven days of no new cases in a row. Yeah. It's really frustrating when people who were calling for things to be opened up sooner, and who were criticizing the government strategy and now like in line to celebrate and want some of the credit and be like, great job. We've all done this. We've all been in this together. When a month ago, they were the ones calling for things to be open because partially if you're in the opposition, your role is to just shit on whatever the government does. Yeah. yeah. And that's, it, it's kind of like the best job in the world in some ways to be, be in opposition because you almost make the same money, I think, and you have no actual responsibility of ever implementing anything, but you just get to shit on whatever's being done yeah. at all times. And usually that's really fun and great. But then when it comes to a health situation, 
and most like it's crazy to think that in hindsight at least here in victoria the liberals would have actually done so much better for themselves if they had said look we actually agree with the government on this one and we think that their approach you know they're doing some things that we yeah. might not agree with but actually their approach is pretty solid yeah and i think that that would have actually reached people and been like hmm okay these guys are actually capable of thinking critically about this and about putting aside their political differences on this important health issue but because you know we live in the world we live in the complete default option is pick the other side yeah. and that's backfired on them because most people ish like obviously you get some people who have been fed a bunch of the wrong media who are like my rights Mah. yeah and those people you know it's a whole interesting other thing about like how do you what's the path to helping save those people because there's some people in the middle who are maybe starting to say some things where you're like actual uh, and you, you can hope hope that you kind of like bring them back but once you're in so far away land like the QAnon land or whatever it is uh, yeah what's the actual path to ever bringing that person back into society like oh, there's I, don't definitely actually, one. I don't even know def- there absolutely absolutely is one you just talk to them you just communicate challenge their ideas they see the fault in their ideas and then eventually they'll realize their mistakes like communication you'd hope so like i ch- you know i think i would yeah. like to believe that's true Easy but have, that. have you have yeah. you have you had any conversations with anyone who is like as deep as what you're saying Oh, like, do you know anyone like that personally? I know there's one girl I know who lives in, I think it's New Zealand. Um, she used to live in Singapore, but maybe she lives in New Zealand now. She is kind of like gone deeper down the anti-vax path and the kind of like Bill Gates is trying to (laughs) take over the world path. And there's another friend of mine who 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 kind of sees her post the same stuff and sometimes we talk about what she's posting as like a way to like vent and be like oh my god did you see the crazy shit she's posting now yeah but and he's he's actually messaged her a couple of times trying to be like hey um you know maybe like hmm like what about this and part of the problem is that a lot of the media you consume once you're in that space is almost designed to be like you're in an echo you know, chamber. You're yeah. just hearing the same people shit that pleases to, you over and over yeah. again. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. And, they get caught and, up in the bullshit. And those people who are those people who are making a living, basically being you know grifters and conspiracy people, are, are telling you people are going to challenge these beliefs of yours, and they're going to tell you that you are wrong, and they're going to tell you that like they are just exactly it operates in exactly the same way. Yeah, and we like tribalism. Really we join little tribes. You know, we like that shit. Totally. You know, totally love that what's your yeah. religion who's your team what state are you from what suburb are you from what school did you go to it's what, just groups what it's tribals <laughs> tribes and groups yeah yeah we're, we're and, you, and when you connect with people who for some reason shouldn't be in your tribe or who aren't directly in your thing that's when you can really actually start to have some interesting conversations because they have been raised in an entirely different context like one of my friends um is born and raised in Pakistan and came over to Australia for uni and has hung around. And he's gone on this incredible journey where like when he landed in Australia, he was pretty like devoutly Muslim. And he was like, I remember having a conversation with him where he was like, 
oh yeah, well, my wife will have to convert to Islam, you know, because that's, you know, that's what has to happen. What a flex. And it's, and I was just like, good luck with that. Like, good luck finding someone who's just going to be like, yeah, cool. I'll just, you know, convert to Islam. But anyway, like now he is some pretty, chick. This little blonde. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some girl named Denise is like, you know what? The Quran is actually, it's a good read. Yeah. Yeah. I look good in a burqa. <laughs> And now he's like completely different. And like, I think about often the journey he has been on and the ideas and the kind of beliefs that he was raised on versus where he's at now. It's just such a wild kind of journey. And it's not possible for everyone. Like there are so many people. And again, it's, I reckon it's very few people. Layer. Very, I reckon very few, like a, like such a small amount of people, like such a tiny amount of, I reckon the majority of people like are savable or you like, like ideas are very powerful and changing someone else's ideas. Like that's a pretty crazy thing to do, but I think it's so mm. easy. I think it's possible to do. You just spend a bit of time with them. Okay. Like there's that black dude in America who hangs out with people who are in the KKK, right? Uh, Daryl. Yeah. Classic. Exactly. That dude. He hangs out with people in the KKK. Them. Yeah, exactly. And he plays the piano, does all that jazz. Like it's so doable. Like, like I think it's the people who are beyond saving is so few. Like I don't think like give up on anyone. It, oh, it's certainly, I would never want to give, like, again, it's kind of like, I'll talk to anyone. Like, I don't care. Like you could be an absolute racist and I'll like have a chat with you and challenge your ideas. Like, why not? You know? No, and, and part of the challenge as well is that for that person, that racist or whoever it might be, they initially have a hard time trusting that you are coming and having a conversation with them in like good faith and that you are genuinely open to having a conversation because a lot of people either don't have the patience or the whatever it might be. And so have written them off as we're talking about. And so if you go in there and you say, Hey, my name's whatever I'm here to have, like, how are you going? Their default position is to see you and treat you as hostile because partially that's, you know, the media they've consumed partially it's everything, but it takes some time to break those walls down. And that example of the guy in the U S like, what a beautiful, like poetic thing that this guy can just like, he, I'm sure when he got, you know, I think he might've passed away recently. If I recall, like, I'm sure there are other people of like other equivalents of that, but they must truly sleep so soundly that like, no, they haven't cured cancer or been to the moon or whatever, but they have genuinely like connected the world a better place and in, in, in their own way, made the world a better place. Absolutely. Yeah, it's beautiful stuff. So how do you feel about Brisbane? What do you think about us Queenslanders? Look, you know, we're a bunch of racist bogans. Are you guys from Logan? That's, uh, that's the kind of, no, I we're, have, we're from, we're from, we're from the, um, uh, East Brisbane. Yeah. Uh, so you, are you like the posh kind of like, <laughs> nah. Nah. would you be <laughs> privately educated? Went to, went to university. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, s bourgeois scum. God. Yeah. We're the one percent of the one percent. Hey, we're trying, man. <laughs> Does your dad have a boat? No, look, my uh, my view of Brisbane is is kind of it's not that developed. Like I, again, I wouldn't want to make my mind. I've been a few times. Um, I've obviously met people who've moved to Melbourne from Brisbane, or people who um, colleagues that I had who were based in Brisbane and things like that. I don't think I really like, I think. Have you been here to the river city? Yeah, I have yeah. been to, to Brisbane a couple of times. I obviously as a kid, I did the classic kind of like gold coast holiday and, and that kind of stuff. But obviously you're not really ever 
you're just there to consume fucking movie world or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd yeah. love to go. Like, I'd love to go. Like, there's, there's plenty of places. Like, I just went to Perth last time for the first time, last year for the first time, and had a great time. Like, genuinely just walking around the city and just taking it in and being like, cool, what's this about? Like, what's going on here? And I would love to do the same with, like, with, with you know, my, I think that's the beauty of traveling is kind of just. If you come up here, your, we'll be your friends. Human. We'll be your buddies. We'll show you. Yeah, we've got to get like a live, you know, live video going or something. We'll, we'll uh, yeah. come up here and interview we'll some, people. some people. Go interview yeah, some people. Yeah, absolutely. Up here. No, get a ticket, hundred bucks. See you next week. Hundred bucks to my Oh, that's funny. But I mean, so what would you say? Like, would you say that you guys are trying to appeal to people in Brisbane, or would you say that you're hoping to to cast the net out wider? We're starting with our local tribe, and we'll see where we go. We're starting yeah. with Brisbane yeah yeah so how how about like what would you guys i've seen you guys record the podcast in a couple of different places but it's usually been your house have you ever thought about going and mixing it up and just getting out in the street and you know yeah, chatting to people we have yeah we're too scared we're too, we're, we're too pussy straight up <laughs> straight up we've got like the little lapel like microphones yeah we got it all ready to Ooh. go but we're just too scared yeah yeah, yeah. you gotta grow bigger balls there. yeah when i saw you do it i like i was respect like yeah honestly though it's one of those things where like you just have to realize that nobody cares and nobody cares about you and that you <laughs> walking past them with a camera represents one of 10 million ideas or thoughts that'll occur in their brain that day yeah and we by default and like for a lot of reasons we you know we build up all these things about going and existing in the real world amongst other people and things like that the more you just get out there, like one of my favorites in the US um, is, do you know the, the channel? All, All gas, gas, no, no breaks. breaks. Yeah. Like classic example, right? Where he, part of the reason he's successful is because in some ways he goes to places that other people just won't. Yeah. And so he goes and covers the fringes of society and regular fucking normal people love seeing that stuff, but they're way too scared to ever go. Yeah. And so we'll kind of make this guy successful if he goes to all those places for us. We live and vicariously has all those through him. And live and live through him. And in some ways that's obviously a really like valid transaction. Yeah. But I think that more people should try to, you know, create that for themselves. We're going to do it. Of, We're going to do it soon. Yeah. We're going to just like yeah build our courage up yeah now i want to go to like you've a body account you got the accountability now yeah yeah i want to go to like a bodybuilding event i want to go to like a fur con you know i want to go to like a sex bar you know just, yeah those are the classics like they're yeah there they're is like, something fight. to be said just for the yeah. classics yeah yeah exactly we'll get yeah. creative like go to the races the streets, go to yeah. the race yeah just hit like just yeah just hit the streets hey just stand on your like the corner of your like house oh out the front, i've so, had hey. so many different random ideas for like like there was this one time i was like what if I just went and asked people what was in their bin? Like, what if I was just like, <laughs> you can't hey, mate, what's in your bin? And just... It's pretty funny. Like, what can I learn about someone through what's in their bin? Like, that's... Like, yeah, maybe there's something to that. Bin. And like... Like, that'd be a good channel, actually. Just going through of... people's bins. <laughs> just like, going through that's people's bins. the danger bins. of creative freedom is that you're like, I could do this. Is yeah. it a good idea? Fuck no. But like... Yeah, dude. Yeah, I, I love that. go and do it. Like, today yeah. I was like, let's wear fucking jackets. <laughs> And we just bought yes. jackets. We're just idiots. But it is fun, like that creative freedom. And that's it. And like if you're like it comes back to like trying to make something and trying to make 
you know, any kind of media or any sort of creative thing, it's such a beautiful process where it all starts from a blank piece of paper or from a blank idea. Yeah. And then you're just like, how cool could we make this? Or how, how interesting could we, and it's so different to following a process or kind of like, you know, executing a task or whatever kind of we all have to do throughout the day or whatever it might be. And so just getting yourself in the mental space of what could I make and what, what might people think of that? Like to me, that's part of the joy of it is that I just get to live in that world for a little while in my brain. And that's such a relief. But again, once you break through those barriers of other people kind of judging it or shitting on it or whatever it might be, it's just amazing to exist in that space. And so apps just go out there and fucking wing it. Absolutely. Yeah. You really can't give a fuck about what people think about you. Yeah. But like, you can't help it sometimes. Yeah. It, but you can't help it. And you also, you have to, you have to actually do it sometimes. And you yeah. have to actually like, again, it comes back to that changing people thing, mm. even in your own community and your own network of friends and things like that, going and telling people about all the things you plan to do and all the radical imp impressive thoughts you have doesn't really actually mean shit. Mm. But then if you go out and even if it's a small thing, like even if you go out and kind of achieve a small step of progress, people naturally are always going to connect with that a little bit more. And that will resonate with people so much more than words because it's just words are genuinely, there's no barrier. Everyone has words. Yeah. Everyone Actions has speak ideas. louder than words. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. so yeah. when you go out and you see someone and, and again, to bring it back to like the media thing, for example, trying to start a new channel or a new project. Yeah. Well, literally creating and, a platform. Yeah. And like the way that I've positioned it, I've kind of made it difficult. I've positioned it as a brand. And so that makes it harder for other brands or other platforms or whatever to share it because they're kind of creating competition, at least in their oh, minds. Or... We're sharing the shit out of you. I'm going to put this up. We're going to like link you under there. We'll put you on Twitter. We'll do everything, man. Yeah. That's what it should be about. I appreciate Creative it. collaboration. We're a yeah. network, not an individual. Should be. It absolutely should be. And I think that part of that is the Australian mindset and it's partially the tall poppy syndrome cut everyone the, down you know i want to be yeah the one. and Fuck it's the, the the media thing it's kind of i described that i used to think this way myself it's like if other people were being successful that meant that there was less success available for me and so internally i was resenting the fact that they were successful because in my mind i thought that meant that i couldn't be successful and thinking back on that now, or even thinking about our labs, like that's fucking ridiculous. That, that's not true at all. And the more success that everyone can create and like the rising tide lifting all boats kind of thing yeah, is absolutely yeah. true, but yep. it requires you to get to that point where like in the social media context, if you have a channel with like one of the first interviews I did was with a guy called Struthless. I'm not sure if you know him, he's like a Sydney based um illustrator and does oh, yeah. really yeah, interesting yeah, yeah. shit the, he was the uh, first person i interviewed the on, the, on the on the podcast the board fellow yeah absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. campbell is his name campbell he has like however many hundreds of thousands of followers and that's awesome and a full respect when i have 200 or 300 followers there's not necessarily again unless you make that genuine connection 
what is in it for him to share my stuff with his audience when I can't deliver back that same return in terms of numbers. But that way of, that way of thinking is very limiting, but unfortunately it's the default way of looking at things. Yeah. And so you'll get people who see, oh, you only have X amount of Twitter followers. 20, Why is this worth my time? Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's just kind of, oh, like, yeah. The reason I try to make, or like the reason I'd love to, you know, love connecting with people like you is that hopefully you guys like take it on yourselves to actually make this fucking successful if you want to. And therefore us creating this awesome podcast and conversation will have some sort of living value. And therefore two years from now, if my stuff is going well and your stuff is going well, someone can look at this conversation that took place in November of 2020 and be like, Oh, what was that like? What happened there? Whereas if you looked at it from the perspective of, Oh, well, they've only got 80 Twitter followers now or 200 Twitter, like, ah, uh, I'm not interested. It's kind of like, well, shit. Like what, what's the point? If you're only ever trying to punch, like only ever trying to receive the good value exchange, like you're just wasting, you know, so much value and so much time mm. yeah i know what you mean yeah i think that sometimes people are out there just chasing big big platforms when really like mm. you should be chasing like something that's more organic and that you actually want to like engage with like i think this whole thing's been pretty organic and we just we just kind of go with the flow and see yeah. what we can get and you know it's pretty like something across you that was like pretty organic and then just like messaging you on twitter totally and you were cool enough to be like yeah let's do it like i was like and i think that that's it like you you don't want to complicate it too much and you don't want to put too many steps in between actually acting and doing stuff because you can put all the, all the blocks in place. The challenge is how you actually, and again, it comes back to what, you know, what your goal is and all that kind of stuff. It's how do I consistently reach new eyeballs? And that's the real, the real challenge yeah. because yeah, I know what you mean. Well, like, you're I kind of relying on algorithms. You're kind of relying yeah. on, word of mouth and for me like i'm 30 most of my friends are 30 i'm starting to get outside of that like first degree bubble which is great and therefore more people are sharing it and it's getting out there but yeah most people like because i'm not covering shit that 18 year olds care about and 18 year olds are the biggest users of social media like who are the ones who share the most shit and will comment the most shit it makes it difficult like it kind of i can't ask people oh hey can you you know tag five friends like i just that's just yeah, not that's something i'm necessarily yeah, it's, slimy. it's cringe would, as yeah. and yet it's also kind of necessary for new people to be seeing your shit like it doesn't magically just reach people you know on its own so it's yeah. that's the kind of balance that i find difficult is like not overthinking it but just recognizing how much of a challenge that is and trying to like that video that I shared that you guys found, there's certain things there like without subtitles, so many people are just gonna be like, scroll past. What do you use like, to get the subtitles? Uh, so I use Adobe, but again, uh, that's pretty expensive. Like, Do you just write it in yourself, all the subtitles? Or is there an automatic program? You do it yourself? Uh, I think there'd be programs out there that would tell you they could do it automatically. How yeah. successful those are, I don't know. Like I've yeah. just, DIY. I try to, try to do it yeah diy and again that whole editing thing is of like where i've started to find success a little bit more 
is in the editing side. And it's really interesting, again, talked about before, the skill of editing videos is very different to the skill of writing a video or of whatever it might be. But if you are doing it on your own, you've got to figure it all out. And like, that's partially the challenge, but also partially the beauty of it is that you realize how quickly you can pick up new skills if you actually care about something and you actually want to make it as good as you can. Yeah. And so half the time, if I'm trying to find a new technique or a new editing thing, I'll just have an idea of like, what if it could do this? And then I'll just Google that effect or that transition or whatever, and just figure it out. And like, yeah. it's good that we have I the tools stopped, to do that. Yeah, we have the absolutely have the tools to do that. And yeah. you know, when I spoke to Struthless, he put it really, really interestingly, like he, Here's someone whose editing is out of control and like the visual products that he makes what, you know, in a five minute video, the amount that is going on in that video and the amount that is happening in some ways you can get really dark on it and be like, Oh, it's a sign that humanity's fucked because our attention span is only longer than is only 0.5 seconds long. Ooh, I don't know. And you have Podcasts to are consistently be, well, podcasts are popular because you can, you know, have them on when you're cleaning the kitchen or have them on when you're doing whatever. Yeah. But for videos specifically, and we like to be kind of got to have, also. and everyone always has to clean and like drive the car and like walk the dog. So true, you have to listen, you know? true. might not listen to like, there's not always new music, but there's always a new podcast. There's always a new podcast. Like you're kind of, yeah. Like looking for that, yeah, looking always, to build that relationship with. Yeah. And, and, and it's about what you want to entertain or feed yourself with, right? Like you can technically listen to true crime, true, true crime podcasts, if you wanted to, and I wouldn't judge you. And I think that's cool. You're into true. Like I've listened to a few of those. That's awesome. I don't have a burning need to listen to every true crime podcast, but if they make an amazing one, I'll probably check it out. Yeah. But more current eventy, like social view type stuff for me, and it's just consuming new ideas, right? Or it's consuming new thoughts or different things like that. And so you're trying to reach a point where you can like build that kind of trust or relationship with someone to where they're going to choose to invest 40 to 60 minutes a week in you. And like, you've kind of really got to like honor that investment because not just, you know, you're not just competing with Australian podcasts or Australian comedians or whoever yeah. it might be. You're competing with the sum of yeah. the internet. And there's which, so much good shit out there. Yeah. There's so much good shit. There's so much bad shit, but yeah, no, I think about it. <laughs> some of the time, like when I'm creating something, I think, and this is true with how many people are getting into making podcasts and making stuff like that. When you are making something and asking people to consume it more and more these days, them consuming that means they are choosing to not spend time creating their own thing or working on their own thing, Yeah, which they kind of know they should be doing if they want to be doing that. And so you have to make it so good that they're going to choose to basically watch your shit rather than make their own. I'd, I'd and that's like, like I'd like yeah. to have more people had podcasts, you know, that way they can reach their immediate because all their friends and family are probably going to watch their podcast. So it's a good way to disseminate information with their immediate circle, you know? So I think more podcasts, but as long as they're sharing the right ideas, you know, but I think if you to do this, but, you probably have something but, important to say, but aren't just, all conversations podcasts no but they're not recorded like that's they're, they're bullshit they're lost to the ether they're fucking nothing conversations like this <laughs> this that, lasts the test of time isn't this is, that okay? yeah but i don't think everything needs to last i think that 
okay. The beauty some... of some conversations is that they're fleeting and that they happen once. Well, they can, cha they can change there. one idea. They can change the ideas of everyone that hears that conversation then and there. But right now, this being recorded can change the ideas of anyone at any point in time throughout human history as long as it's up on a hard drive somewhere. You know, that's why this is more powerful than that. I don't know. What do you reckon? I don't know. I don't think it's more powerful. I don't think it's more powerful. Well, I think, no, I think podcasts are more powerful because like this is recorded and captured. Like these ideas are going to be on the internet. But we're forever. not necessarily saying something completely profound. Well, not everything we've said is, but like some of the things we've said, I think are interesting, you know, like the things about the media, like you never know who's going to hear this and hear yeah. that, you know, and some of our opinions, I think are like somewhat powerful. Yeah. Sometimes some of these things that we're saying, like a lot of people haven't heard before, I think. And if, and if they happen to stumble upon this and hear this, then maybe they, they'll think like, yeah, there's some good ideas in there or like, that's all horseshit. Like, I don't know. Do you think everything we've talked about is horseshit? No. Well, I don't think not like, a lot of what we've talked about. Is thanks. Good. Thanks a lot. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the things we've spoken about are like legit. Yeah, I think they're legit. Yeah. And that's why I think this is more powerful because we could change many people's ideas. We could yeah. potentially change like a hundred people's like ideas compared to like just a one-on-one -on -one conversation, not on a podcast. We might change their one idea, but they might go on to change many more people's ideas, you know? I don't know. I think recording podcasts is a pretty powerful thing and more yeah. people should do it, I think. But again, it comes back down to like simple measures around like the percentage of time people have to be consuming podcasts. Yeah. Pure competition and supply and demand dictates that if you want, like not everyone can create a podcast because you know, like otherwise they're genuinely just creating a verbal diary and publishing that and like yeah. people have diaries and, and you know that's kind of what that's designed for a little bit but simply by the flow of like supply and demand you can't it, not everyone can create some people yeah. have to consume some people have to create yeah so and a lot of people choose not to create also to figure out yeah of course and not everyone like again some people like one of the things i, I try to do is is stand up and comedy and things like that and not everyone who has a podcast is going to want to go and do stand-up comedy because it's a very different environment. But, and, and like, not everyone who wants to not have, like, people have such different fears and such different values and things like that. Not everyone needs to want to start a podcast. I think I kind of get what you're saying in that. Yeah, not everyone, not everyone. But, like, if, like people I encourage would... people to do it. Like, that's all I'm saying. I think, like, I think it's just an interesting way of learning about like, again, that idea of learning new skills and learning new ways of doing things is just like the very interesting thing to me has been the rise of like business podcasts and not necessarily conversations yeah, about business. Shit. Business podcasts, there are way too many like, business podcasts and real estate podcasts. Yeah. They are trash. Like that, that market is saturated. Like just fucking put a bullet in your head if you think about making a real estate <laughs> podcast, honestly. <laughs> Um, but podcasts like ours and yours, which are just generalist podcasts and can be anything like, yeah, fuck yeah, make them connect with the people around you. Talk about like sincere things, you know? Yeah. And I think that ultimately, you know, ultimately the, the ones that will be successful will be successful. And the ones that, yeah, the cream of the crop rises to the top. You know, yeah. Yeah. And I think it, again, it comes down to what your goals are. And if your goal is to start a podcast with your mates you know and sit around the, the table and and chat shit and do whatever that's awesome and yeah. like as long as you aren't going into that expecting to become multi-millionaires who yeah and expecting the world to care about your like yeah banter yeah because no one really fine. gives a fuck yeah 
the problem is the people who are like my banter is so good yeah that the world needs to hear it and the, the the mismatch in terms of results versus expectations then creates a lot of like negative feelings because yeah. the world rejects their banter and they were so sure in their head that they were the funniest person. Are to you talking exist. to me right now? Like what's going on here? Are you chatting to me? Are you saying this directly to me? I feel like you're talking to me right now. I think he's just talking about people in general. I think this will be the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> That might be the way it goes. It gets popular is if you after this just like ate a bottle of pills and it was just like, oh. <laughs> I wouldn't mind going viral actually. Uh, but let's hope that doesn't happen because uh, there's maybe a few reasons why I hope that doesn't happen. But anyway, no, I'm not. I'm, not to I'm talking generally about general. You know, I know the you idea. Mean. Like I find it's a really good. It is a good like ego check to be trying to start something from scratch. Yeah. Because we naturally, I you know, most you, people who go as far as making something like this, you kind of do feel like you have something to say or that your ideas or that your way of discussing things is different or is interesting and is is something people might be interested in. And so going through the process of try you know, trial and error and seeing what works and what doesn't it's a really good ego check and like humbling thing to yeah. know that if you put something out there and it doesn't resonate with people or if eight people watch it, firstly, like it doesn't say that it's shit automatically because no, the you way can change that tactics, people like, you know, you yeah, can edit the way it differently, that people find that differently, video, film differently. Absolutely. Like, but you also it. realize that like the idea of becoming some overnight success or of having some oh, idea yeah. that, a million people are going to consume yeah. tomorrow and fucking fall in love with like it's just not yeah. realistically unless you are doing something and like the really interesting thing with like tiktok for example and seeing that rise and seeing how quickly people can go from zero to five hundred thousand followers doing one particular thing it's like i don't have five hundred thousand followers if i was just sh to shit on that person would it be an element of jealousy that I haven't been able to guarantee, like secure that many people? Like, probably. Maybe. Yeah. But probably for sure. But also how, how many people are connect? Like, what is that person then going to do with that? What are their goals? Like there's so many factors that you just can't look at the numbers and you just can't let that drive everything you do because you're just setting yourself up to be yeah. unfulfilled. Basically. Yeah. That's a toxic thought pattern. You can't think like that. Yeah anyone thinking about starting a podcast don't think like that no like yeah there's some people who are like record 50 episodes before releasing one or like certain shit like that and like yeah i think that everyone's gonna eventually find you gotta rewatch your stuff and be critical of it like highly critical mm. you gotta smoke a joint watch your episode be super critical get very paranoid and they go fuck it, we'll change <laughs> this 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 and this and then you approve eventually you know and overall as a person you probably become a better person <laughs> just like yeah. Oh, I think that like the, when you listen back and you actually hear what you said, like what you said and yeah. how you said it and how, like sometimes my challenge and it's again, listening back to this, someone will probably be able to tell it out. Sometimes in my head, I'll be talking about, let's say like idea A and I'll be talking about idea A. And while I'm talking about idea A, I'll get excited about 
ideas B, C, D, E, F. And I'll just find a flow where I just, without stopping talking, will try to connect the dots and have that interesting thought and say that thing out loud. But when you're having a conversational kind of thing, and especially if you're, if you're talking to a stranger and like, luckily I think we've been able to kind of like build a bit of a rapport, which is not easy necessarily <laughs> with, with, with everyone, but the technique of like just asking a question and stopping talking or like just answering a question and stopping talking is something that I've found kind of like one of the trickier parts where like, I just want to fucking ramble and like, see what happens and <laughs> bounce, bounce off the walls. And if you don't bring that other, it's kind of like a dance. Like you need to have both people or both yeah, groups out of or conversation. whatever it be. Out of conversation. Absolutely. Feeling like they're, you know, flow. a part of yeah, it. Yeah. If you sat most people down like for an hour and tried to chat to them, I don't think that like, you know, some of our friends can't do it. Like, yeah, they just, yeah. You so, don't have conversations like this often. Like yeah. we're all locked into this right now. And it's like, it is kind of nice. Like you talk about being jealous of those TikTok people who like, you know, shake their ass and tits. And then if you sat them down <laughs> and you tried to have a conversation with them, like you'd probably like Get put them on the floor, like legit. <laughs> yeah. They would be able to handle it. But that's it. And, and again, it, it, it forces you to think about, you know, what do people want and what do people, what are they looking for? And a lot of the times we're looking for like a cheap fill. And so there's certain things that, you know, whether it's TikTok or Instagram or whatever, I would make some stuff that was like pretty deep or pretty like heavy or like existential or like just pretty out there. And for someone who is like scrolling their Instagram feed on a random Thursday and like the post above that is a sneaker post and the post below that is like ice cream or something. They don't necessarily want like sneaker deep existential conversation, ice cream. Like yeah. it's just, there's too much friction there. And so it's kind of, it's interesting how like I've really slowed down. I, I made a bunch of shit during lockdown on Instagram and basically like burned out all the people who were following the page because I was pumping so much shit out thinking, oh, this is the way I'm going to grow it. I'm just going to keep posting and eventually people will get it and they'll dig it. And it's like, no, like, if they're not connecting with, with it already and you're just pumping out more of it, you're only doing damage. And so I really like changed my strategy and kind of like, I'm like, well, let's go and focus on either like longer YouTube videos where I can put more thoughts and ideas and actually communicate something that's like complete. The podcast is one and then shit like that, getting out on the street and actually talking to people like that's really easy to sit down and just click play and watch because instantly you get what's happening. And so that's the side that I really start to think about as being interesting is like the psychology of how people make the decisions to watch what they watch and hit like and hit subscribe and all those things. If your goal is to grow, you have to start to think about that stuff to a degree. Yeah. I don't mind being small. I wouldn't mind being small forever to be honest. <laughs> I kind of like it. Like, not, like do whatever it gives you certain freedoms. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's kind of like, no one's yeah, paying attention again. It's just my little corner of the internet where I can like, you know, we can fuck around. Like, you know, I don't mind. Like, I like that. I like the power of just being able to like do this, you know, China can't do this. Like what? I love that. <laughs> like, you know, just an internet on the, just an idiot on the internet. Sorry. <laughs> just an yeah. internet on the idiot. I'm fucking Internet idiot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh man, like, and again, the fact you're, you're absolutely right. Like the, the improvements in technology, in equipment, in all that stuff, there's nothing stopping you and there's nothing stopping anyone from pretty much doing, making or doing whatever they want to do, except in most cases themselves and, you know, their own fears or insecurities about what if it's like think. something like this, for example, Is it good? if I make someone and no one listens, then that means it's shit. And yeah, it's like, but you still come away with the experience, you know? Yeah. Like of course. Talking, you know, like we're still having this yeah. conversation still happening, but also other people can consume it. So I think that makes if this, they choose to, yeah, that makes this valuable. You know, just being able to talk to you is like fucking really cool. Like I'm really like enjoying it. It's really nice. Thanks, man. Yeah, I, I think that when I started making the shit and like the podcast goal that I had, like I didn't really want to to just interview everyone else with a podcast and do the wanky thing where you're like purely just like trying to trade because promote, promote. eventually yeah. you're just trading yeah. the same audience back and forth, and yeah. there's never actually any new anything being created but you should do it from and like time to i time think just to like share the love with everyone yeah just check in and kind of like you know yeah. and, and with you guys again i'm more interested in the in the human stuff that's gone into you guys being like this is something i want to try and do like i'm not like someone's how many gonna followers do it. do i have what, someone, what someone's can gonna i get do out of this i think what we're yeah. doing is an essential service <laughs> to be honest we're heroes <laughs> we are heroes to be we're honest like nurses yeah we deserve the same respect as nurses, I think. Straight up. I think we're better than nurses, actually. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Fuck nurses, to be honest. Absolutely. We're idea nurses. Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we're heroes, man. We're COVID heroes. <laughs> oh, but just the fact that, like, so, like, what's going to be really interesting to see in the months, we're not going to see it for months and years, but. I mean, Melbourne more so because we had the longer lockdowns that we did, but just the amount of time and thought that like basically mental real estate people have had to just think and be in their own thoughts is amazing. Like you, you couldn't have done it without something like a fucking global pandemic. Like yeah. there's no scenario which you could say, okay, everyone go and sit at home for six months and yeah. just think about stuff. Like and what, what's the news lighting? And watch the news lie to you, yeah. yeah and, and figure and it out. Angry you know? people tell you to, that it's, it's all a hoax. Yeah, realize what bullshit um, it is. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, like the new ideas or the new businesses or the new things that oh, will be true. created. All the babies. Even just the personal development that will come yeah. from that's what I people think the personal development. Yeah, having had point. months to actually think about their values. And if they were doing a job that really didn't fulfill them at all, or if they were doing something like, or they were just making themselves so busy that they never actually stopped to think about things. When you take away all those things, it's confronting as anything because all of a sudden they've got time and they've got silence and they've got, you know, it's like, what do I do now? What? Uh, and like, <laughs> especially I think for a lot of young guys who were either big into sports or footy or whatever it might be, it was so funny to watch sports being taken offline was yeah. genuinely like ripping an organ out of someone. And they were like, <laughs> what do we talk about now? What are we doing? The sports. Yeah. And it's kind of like, for me, I loved sport and I still do, but it certainly changed the way that I think about it and like the role that it plays in yeah. my life. Yeah. And I've realized that we always and again, you can kind of go, 
a little bit heavy on it, but you can be like, it's kind of just a distraction when you think about it. Like, yeah, yeah. We always joke about that like, called distraction. Yeah. Yeah. Bread, bread and circuses yeah. or whatever. Like, They'll, yeah, what, what the Romans used to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> give us help. And, and that's, again, shitting on someone that's like, for someone listening to this who was interested in everything we had to say, but was a fucking diehard sport fan, they might have just had a reaction being like, well, fuck those guys. Cause I love sport and they're wrong. And like, if you're that person listening or watching this, think of it, like challenge yourself on what sport yeah, actually but, means to you. Like, yeah. why do you love it so much? I, and maybe I, you will love it as much yeah. afterwards, but I'm a big sports yeah. fan, but and I still love it. But I, I realize what it is, you know, it's not you as important let, as like, it seems. Assume, like, you know, it's not that every important. conversation can't be about bloody sport. What happened on the weekend, yeah. you know? Yeah. And there's certain there's no like, there's certain industries where, especially like certain parts of the corporate world, if you come in as a grad and as a young person, there's certain industries or like companies where as long as you're up to date on sports chat, like you're kind of good. <laughs> like as long as yeah. you can just like yeah. show up to the office and get the coffees and like have one interesting thing to say about the footy that weekend, <laughs> people will be like, he's a good bloke. I like him. Yeah. You know? And that person will go on to be promoted and make however many hundreds of thousands of dollars in their life. How likable. Because they had the right footy insight that day. And it's like, mm. fuck, you know? Yeah. You get on the punt <laughs> and the piss. And you're a legend in the office. <laughs> but yeah, the sport one, it's kind of like again, it's it's not it's not hard to like always look at the American comparisons just because the scale of all their sporting stuff is so huge, but it's because it's one of those last things where a person can go from being born in a bad environment and circumstance or in a disadvantaged one and achieve to become like, a, a, and, and go on the social journey of becoming a billionaire <laughs> just through being able to kick a ball. Yeah, and that just alone has so much like again it is so fucking wild and it is powerful for so many reasons to people that they attach so much value to it and from the age of you know two years old or three years old like tiger woods for example it's not an accident that tiger woods was the best golf player of all time yeah like he just had a dad who was like guess what you're going to be the best golf player of all time yeah and like could he have done something else in life that would have been far more fulfilling or better for society? Absolutely. But, and, and would he have made less money and still been as happy? Absolutely. No. But <laughs> no, <laughs> he would have loved it. Yeah. Crunching those being a bean counter. He would have loved that. Oh, being a bean counter. That's it. But like, even when you get to the point of detaching your like work identity from your personal happiness and value and things like that, I think that's a really important step that allows people to, you know, process doing a job that they don't necessarily like because mm -hmm. you're not being consumed by that being your identity. And like the system we're in requires a lot of people to do a lot of jobs that they don't necessarily enjoy or are never going to be fulfilling. Yeah. But that's not to say that their lives can't have value and meaning and, you know, they can't yeah. find happiness. And those yeah. kind of things. if you're listening, you're not nothing. <laughs> yeah keep showing up to that shitty job because you know what that shitty job is on the journey of you getting a slightly less shitty job there we go and and dying in a comfortable environment <laughs> yeah 
and you might become a manager at that shitty company Boom. and then you Boom. can just like train go. the other soulless kids think all the respect you'll gather we probably gotta wrap this up but um, and it's a good idea yeah we've just been going on it's been yeah, a really fun yeah. flow like i'm interested to uh to see where you guys take this i think if i like check back in in a, in a couple of months i'm sure like is there any professions or people that you are on your list like you've obviously done the furry and you've done that so what's what's on the hit list uh we got some people lined up but we don't we don't really talk about who we get we just like kind of just release it like we don't tell anyone before we interview people we just like you know there's no like anticipation you know it's just boom there you go <laughs> Yes. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> we'll, uh, yeah. Shout out uh, the fresh sir. Fresh sir. Got Tom right here. Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the stuff everywhere. Everywhere LinkedIn. you want to exist, I'll find you. Uh, we're, we're your Brisbane HQ. We're your like uh, satellite ship, <laughs> yeah, like station, the proxy yeah. satellite Bro- office. Yeah, you're the Melbourne over. office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually have a spare room, so you know, you guys. Uh, next time you're down in Melbourne, hey. you know, we uh, might take you up on that. To be where honest, where do you live? <laughs> Uh, I live in the just tell lovely me the inner suburbs. Ooh, the, uh, You're gonna regret of, making that offer. Uh, Birkenstock wearing uh, corduroy uh, latte sipping. Uh. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's again. It's Sounds like a nice area. Yeah, it's a lovely area. It's a, uh, a lot of stabbing. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this All up. All right, gents. See you Thank mate. you so much See for you. your time. Thank you.